Hello and welcome to Down the Slope, Longbanger, Strong Opinion, Hibs, Hibs.pod and anybody else that you want to get your Hibs content from. Uh, we've got another update with uh, Ron Gordon, as I'm sure you'll see from the titles. Um, I think the last time we all got together was Lee Johnson, I think. Am I, am yeah, I it was um, But yeah, so like I say, we're joined by Ron Gordon for an update on sorry, all things Hibs and what's happening at the club. Ron, how are you doing? Not too bad, thank you, all in all. I, I could be better. I, after last night, I could certainly be better. Uh, but all in all, good. Good. Well, it's probably, and the timing of it has not been ideal with like what you say, well, what happened last night, so let's address the elephant in the room. But so I guess, where does the, what looks like potential dropping out of the League Cup at the group stages sort of leave us in the early in the season before the league season season even kicks well, off? Well, I mean, it's, it's a major disappointment. I mean, we, this is certainly, a, uh, for me personally, it's the first time we don't advance actually to a semi-final in a, in a, in a cup since I've arrived at the club. So this is a major disappointment. Um, I think I'm, uh, I, I, I don't think I need to kind of, I, I'm disappointed for everybody at the club, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm, I'm disappointed. I, I know the supporters are super, yeah, for them, it, it's an emotional, it's an emotional uh, investment that they have with the club and it's a disappointment uh, to see what happened yesterday and our, our inability to deliver. Um, on the other hand, though, I, I see a lot of people at the club working very, very hard to take the club to the next level. Uh, and I'm always, I, I feel I have a, a special um, kind of sense of just uh, kind of their, their, their commitment. And, 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 and I'm sure they feel devastated by what happened last night because there are, as I mentioned, many, many people at the club who are just really working very, very hard to to make progress and and we are making the progress but you know at the end of the day i think for most most of us what happens on the pitch is is kind of the the critical thing so it, it wasn't a, it wasn't a it wasn't a good league cup experience and uh yeah we just need to kind of get behind it and and let get it behind us and and move forward and when we spoke to you the last time uh, the focus of the conversation was was centered around recruitment amongst other things but I think one of the key themes that we talked about was was recruitment and specifically kind of player acquisitions um, and I think your sense was that we had quite a strong January window um, despite I think probably quite a lot of the players not really impacting the the sort of first team squad between sort of January and the end of the season yeah. well um what confidence do you have that the, the recruitments that we've or the signings that we've made so far in the summer window will strengthen the first team over the course of this season and that they're not just more players who are going to fill our squad who are kind of project players or players for the future? Uh, well, I mean, I, I think it's pretty obvious that we have made some significant investments in uh, some quality players. I would just start with David Marshall. Uh, uh, you know, he's a player at, an, at, a, at another level. You can see it. Um, you know, Aidan McGeady is another one. Older, more mature, experienced Um Ewan Henderson, who we got in the in the January window, I think is going to flourish. Um, you haven't seen Eli uh, uh, Ewan, but you, I think you'll be impressed when you see him. Uh, he needs to get his papers, you know, his work permit in order. Uh, Noah Kenna, I think, is also another player that is, is a game changer and or uh, is going to be a contributor. And we brought 10, 11 new players this summer. Are they all going to be rock stars? No, unlikely. Do we have three, four, five who can really be big contributors? Yes. And I think you can see that already. Now, um, there are many are coming from different countries. 
there's a lot, you know, there's some risk in that. There was in, in, in our plan, there was intent in looking beyond the UK. Our number one priority is the best Scottish players that we can find. Numero uno, that's what we're looking for. So any young Scottish player that we feel can make it at Hibs, we want them at Hibs. Um, but the next, the next part of the plan was to cast a wider net in terms of looking for players. Um, and the reason, to be quite honest with you, is that I thought the club, when I first arrived, was looking in a little pot. Every, we were looking in the UK, and that's where we, we've got players from League One, League Two, the bottom of the championship. And we really, when you think about it, there are 100 clubs in, in the UK, and we would never be getting the best. We were not, never be getting, we'd be getting a little bit of the, of the left, leftovers. So I think by expanding our horizons and bringing in different, a different experience uh, to our squad, we'd be improving. And, you know, I, I looked at, at um, and that was part of the plan as well. You know, we're a local club, but it's a global game. And so we need to be looking for the kinds of players that can really have an impact. Um, you know, I, I, again, I, I'm hopeful that many of these players that we've brought in are going to deliver for us. And I honestly, I, just the ones that I mentioned to you earlier, I think have a quality to them uh, that I think is going to come through. Ron, can I just ask just a quick follow-up question to that question? You, you mentioned some players there that you think uh, you know will impact the first team over the yeah. course of this season. Do you think that we've got that balance right then so far this summer? Uh, do we have it perfect? No. Are there holes that we need to fill? Yes. Um, you know, we're being very judicious as to how we how we go to market and where where we uh, where we kind of fill the slots that we need to fill. But we've made a significant amount of progress. I think we have a more athletic, of a faster team. We have more speed. Um, I think we're we're not in a bad place from that perspective. Do we have a couple of holes? Yes. Are we working to perhaps fill a couple of holes? Yes. Um, so hopefully, you know, between now and the end of the summer, uh, I can't tell you you know, maybe one, two more players that that uh, that we that would add to our um, to our to our roster. If we can get them, great. And sorry, one, one more follow-up and then I'll shut up. Um, are those holes positional or are they more about player profile? I think they're more positional. Great, yeah, thank you. I think they're, they're more positional. Uh, Ron, I'd just like to kind of follow up on what you said about the, the priority being the, the, the best Scottish talent. Um, we saw over the last sort of couple of windows you brought in uh, Dylan Tate and Daniel Mackay, who's mm -hmm. At the time, you know, we thought probably that they fit that profile. Yes. Neither, neither have really featured for the first team. Um, Daniel Mackay has gone out two loans. Uh, Dylan Tate is reported to be potentially going out another loan, didn't make it to the trip yes. to Portugal. Are those um, are those signings that have not delivered as you would have expected them to, or are those um, longer-term projects? I mean, I, yeah, obviously, you probably, you probably better ask somebody like Lee and... Uh, Stephen Keane, the question, because they're, they're the football pros. But I'll give you my, my two cents on that. I think Dylan Tate has a future at Hibs. Uh, he seems to be improving and moving along. Um, our thinking is, you know, what's the best next step for him? And staying, he's been working with the first team. So I think he's got a lot of really good uh, time on the, on the grass with the, with the first team and, and the coaching staff and is understanding a little bit of, um, of the, the kind of, tactical approach that we're that we're trying to kind of in, instill at, at, at Hibs. Um, but if he's not going to play games, 
then you know it, it doesn't really benefit him. In most of these cases, however, just so you guys are, you know, I look at again some of the things that we're doing on the football side. You know, the development team that we brought together is a very talented team, and uh, and we have an, an, a full games program. So a guy like uh, Dylan Tate will go on loan and he'll play for his other club, but he'll come to Hibs two or three days a week and he'll play both with his with team and one development team game. So he'll get, we don't want to overload him either, but he'll get plenty of game experience uh, and he will always be a little bit of a, this kind of a little bit of a new development. You just don't go on loan and we don't see you. You go on loan and you come and practice either with the development team or the first team. Um, we're going to rotate that. Uh, we're going to have players that will be on loan for six months and then come and have a six months uh, tour with the, with the first team. Um, so we're trying to, to, to kind of, in a way, integrate them, but they need to play games. So if, if, they're, if they're not going to be featuring in the first team, it's unfair to them not to give them a chance to play games. Thanks. So, but both, both uh, Danny McKay and, and, and I think Tate are in the same boat. Um, so, you know, the, those are, and then I, to be honest with you, I, I, again, I, I think we have a very talented under 20 team. If you, if you looked at our under 20, very talented. I'm, I'm excited about that group coming through. Um, you know, and, and then, so I, I, again, we've created, that didn't exist before, created a whole development team, fully funded, with a games program, we have eight teams from uh, from England participating in a games program. We're participating in a Scottish Cup um, with with other you know kind of uh, reserve teams or cult teams, and we have a league as well. So there's going to be plenty of games that didn't exist before. Um, so this is all really good stuff for for the on the football side. Thanks, Ron. And hi, I hope you're doing well. Um, I think something that's worrying the, um, quite a lot of the fan base is the fact that. Um, looking back in hindsight now, it's obviously it's a lot easier in hindsight, but um, sacking Jack Ross now seems like it was a mistake. And then obviously we brought in Maloney. That didn't go particularly well now. Um, with Lee Johnson coming in, obviously the League Cup group stage was a great place to build momentum towards the season. Unfortunately, it didn't go our way. Um, what can you say to actually reassure fans? Because I think there is quite a lot of worry amongst the fan base at the moment. And to be honest, when I'm talking to my friends and about the games, it's kind of difficult to like. I'm, I'm known as like a happy clapper. I try and be as positive about the club as good, possible. Good, good. We um, like happy clappers. That's good. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm being honest. I'm struggling at the moment, Ron, to maintain that with the results on the pitch. So, what about the club at the moment can actually keep the fans on side? Well, I mean, to be honest with you, I think Lee's a terrific manager. I mean, he has a great track record. Um, you know, I, I honestly feel that we we did our homework in identifying Lee as the right guy for Hibs. Um, I think he's learning as well, right? He's in the transition period. Uh, he hasn't coached in Scotland before, although he's played here. Um, we have a lot of new players that are coming in. Again, I don't want to make excuses because it's not, a, there's, there's no, you can't defend the indefensible. So I'm mean, this is not good enough for us. Uh, but, you know, in the scheme of things, he's getting his kind of, um, yeah, kind of his his feet wet a little bit, and we and we have a lot of new players that are coming in into the squad. We haven't really been able because of visa problems and other things. We haven't been able to really have our best eleven on the pitch. I don't think, or anywhere near it, to be honest with you. Um, so there have been some issues, and there are what I would call transitional transitional kind of growing pains. 
Um, again, it's not an excuse because you can't really make an excuse. We we should be better, you know, than than we should we we should be winning our group and and moving on to the next level of the League Cup. But we didn't. Uh, but I, you know, if, if we're going to start kind of laying an egg, I'm glad it's happening now and not you know three months from now when things perhaps are more significant and more important. So I, I think everybody's kind of reflecting and resetting. Um, and, you know, one of the things that you realize in Scottish football, I think you, you can't really underestimate anybody. You have to respect every opponent. There isn't a, an easy game in Scottish football that I can see. And I've been to small parks. I've been to big parks. Every game is a grinder. You got to, you got to play, you got to, you got to play hard and you got to, and you got to play to win. And, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, to some degree, sometimes it's the management, sometimes it's the players, but, you know, we, we need to understand that, you know, it's not going to be a walk in the park and we need to come ready to play every time. And um, just one more from me just now. Um, obviously, the news broke today that there was um, some form of either squad re registration error along those lines today. Um, can you kind of shed a bit of light on what's kind of happened there and how we're making steps to ensure that doesn't happen again? Well, um, it's just kind of one of those things that's compounded what was already a bad night. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It doesn't really, materially, it doesn't change anything. So that's the, the good thing. But yes, I mean, we, 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 we the, the ops department, you know, made a made a boo boo. Something fell through the cracks, and uh, you know it's a it's a bit of a shame to be honest with you. I think we are rectifying. I, again, you know, I look at the improvements that we've made, and and you know that's one area where we've I think upgraded as well. So you know our ops department is better, but in this particular case, they made a mistake. I think they feel they feel terrible. Um, but again, the, the the if there is a consolation in it, it's the fact that it doesn't affect anything. It doesn't change. It would have been really bad if we had won last night and then been, you know, been in a bad situation because of that. So I, it's, Thanks, again, it's, it's, it's a silver lining or, you know, it's a, but, but, but yes, yeah, so that's, that's what happened. I, I, I can assure you that it's not going to happen again. I think we're very buttoned up to be honest with you, where the club is very buttoned up in many, many ways, but you know, uh, people make mistakes and, and that was a mistake. Hi, Ron. Um, there appears to be a little bit of confusion around the club this season. For example, Paul McGinn signs a, a new contract and then a week later signs for Motherwell. Uh, the club then announced the ending of last season's loanies, including Rocky Bushiri. Then a couple of weeks later, um, it's announced that he signed a new contract with Hibs. Um, it seems to be pretty confusion for a number of fans. Did, could you shed, shed, shed any light on this? The Paul McGinn, I don't get that one. I mean, you know, the, the, the reality is, I think we had a conversation with Paul. He wants to play. Um, you know, we felt that he was not going to get a shot to, to play as much. Uh, and it was a good opportunity for him to get a longer term, a better deal. And you, you support that, you know, as, as we have on a regular basis, ultimately we want to support, we want to support our players. And so that was a, that I think was the right thing for him and, and the right thing for us. Um, on the Rocky, you know, we, we had the opp opportunity to exercise that and, and we decided to, to do that. So we, we opted to, to exercise after the loan. Um, yeah. And, and, and yeah, I, I think honestly, I, I think Rocky is a player that's in development and is going to continue to improve. Um, and so let, let, let's see how he does, but you know, that was a, that was a, something that we, that we had an op opportunity to do. Mm. Thank you. Uh, Just one more question from myself. Oh, uh, I see. Uh, okay. 
at this moment in time is um, obviously there's still a couple of weeks to go before the window's closed. So let me just clarify this because I, they just sure. Adam just kind of gave me a little, I, I wasn't aware of this. But the reason that the Paul McGinn contract was it kind of extended is because he had had X number of appearances and his contract had a trigger that X number of appearances would renewal. So that's the reason why that happened and the okay. timing of that. So that was the reason for it. Okay, thanks, thanks for clearing that up. Uh, yeah. Just uh, another question for myself at the moment. Um, there's a couple of weeks left till the end of the transfer window, and I think quite a few fans perhaps think there are areas of the squad that could definitely be strengthened. Receiving money from, obviously, the Martin Boyle transfer and the, jo the Josh Doig transfer as well, will that money be implemented into the current playing squad? Yes. Within this idea. window? Well, I mean, you know, the money doesn't come all in one big... Mm -hmm. You don't get the three million tomorrow. It's coming over the next three years, and the same thing with Martin Boyle. Everything comes in dribbles. So we, we deploy the money and we add to it, where because we, you know, we've also have some other funds. Uh, but you know, the the bottom line is that money goes back into football. The question is, just because we have money, I think we need to be smart as to how we spend it, and so. It's just, you know, we, we, you know, we don't want to be spendthrifts and just kind of, we want to make sure that we're making good acquisitions. And, you know, it is football. So sometimes you hit it right. Sometimes you don't. Um, but the, but the bottom line to answer your question is yes, the money that from all the, from all the transfer revenues uh, goes back into, into the football pool, into the acquisition pool. So, and, and, and that's, that's there for us to use. So we, we do have a little bit of dry powder, to be honest with you. Um, which if we find the right opportunities, as we talked a little bit earlier, right, they were looking for a couple of positional uh, situations, um, then, then we would deploy that. So we, we, we have the dry powder to, if we find the right player in the right slot, I think we're, we, we have the capacity to pull the trigger and move forward. Perfect, thanks. Aaron, uh, the last time we all spoke, uh, you mentioned that certain changes in staff were an attempt to professionalise the club kind of from top to bottom. Um, I think it could maybe be argued that with difficulties in the in the transfer windows and most recently this kind of League Cup exit uh, tied with that um, administrative problem, it, it, maybe we haven't made that kind of progression or, or perhaps taken a bit of a step backwards um, yeah. in, in that regard. I mean, at what point does it, does it come when you say, okay, certain areas need a bit of sort of improvement from a staffing front? What would it take? No, I, we have areas. We, we've met over the last couple of days since I have arrived. We have areas that we need to improve from a staffing perspective. But I can guarantee you, assure you, that the staff is much, much of a much higher quality um, across the club. Across the club. In every respect. Now, within that, there are still areas that we need to improve. And we're always looking to improve. So, you know, even when you're perfect, you're not perfect. And there's still more that you can do to be better. Um, so we have some additional areas that we've looked at where, where I think we need to, to make some changes and, and, and continue to improve. But is the club a more professional club? You come to Easter Road, you, look, you go to HTC, you look around and you look at the club three years ago and you look at the club today, it's a very, very different club operating at a very, very different level. And, uh, and I think hopefully the fans see that. And granted, everybody's kind of tainted by last night and the League Cup, and I get it. Uh, but, but the club is, even on the comms, you tell me, how's our comms? The content, the quality, the, the volume of content and, and engagement 
the survey, first time the club has ever done a survey to reach it, over 10,000 respondents to hear from supporters. The game day experience, fantastic. You'll come, all the, I'm looking at all the stuff that's been installed, incredible. You come to the, the, the I know that the fans, they care about winning, I get it. And we can talk about football as well and the improvements that we've made there. But you go to the West End and we're putting in a whole new hospitality. All this, all this is designed to give us the resources to invest in our club and our team. And then in the football, the player budget is up 40%. We've developed a whole new development squad that we didn't have before with a games program with English clubs. That is fantastic. We brought the women's game into the club. We've restructured the academy, so it's much stronger. We made an investment in HTC. The canteen is better. It's a much more elite. The whole gym is upgraded. The uh, sports science is at another level. Nutrition is at another level. This is a different club. This is a different club. So, yes. uh, thanks, for, thanks for your answer there, Ron. Uh, can I just follow up with a, a quick one related to it? Uh, you, you spoke about there's still areas uh, where, you know, maybe new staff or, um, you know, broadening those areas could, could bring some improvement in professionalism. Uh, speaking specifically about the, the football department, really, would a sporting director be a kind of role you consider? Because it, uh, from the outside, there's a lot of chat about, uh, you know, first timers in really big positions from a football operations perspective. Who's the first timer? Oh, you know, in, a big, ben, in a big position. I say Ben Kensell is the first time in the CEO position. You'd maybe look at Ian in the. Yeah, but I mean, but Ben has been in more clubs and run big. I mean, to be honest with you, I think he's a terrific CEO. He's doing an incredible job. Yeah, you just, if you look at the club, and how he's accelerated our progress over the last 12 months. It's quite impressive. And I don't think there's anybody that's working harder than he is. Uh, Ian, I think is doing a very good job as well. And, and, but it's not just Ian. And I, I think we had the same conversation before. It's about the entire recruiting department and the network that we're creating. Um, you know, the, the, we're looking beyond the UK as we talked a little bit earlier, which comes with risk. You know, we're looking to find players We've had, I think, a really, really good window, if you want to know the truth, especially when you look at quality for money. We've, we've been able to identify some really good talent that's kind of under the radar, um, which I think is, is kudos to the recruitment department for that. Um, but, you know, there's, that comes with risk because there's a cultural transition that needs to happen. You come from Portugal. Are you going to fit in? You're all by yourself. There's a risk there. But the, the club is innovating and is willing to take risk. Um, so we're, 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 we're doing these things. Um, you know, I, I think in Lee Johnson, you have a very experienced manager. Um, Macker is also very solid. Uh, the, the sports science is excellent. So I, I, I think, I think Stephen Keene to run the Academy. I mean, he's a very seasoned professional. Um, I don't, I don't see that there are parts of the football department that need improvement. I will say that. Um, but I don't see that in the kind of areas that you're alluding to. Um, I, I think I'm, I'm, you know, at the end of the day, the proof's going to be in the pudding. See if the, you know, of the 10, 11 players that we brought in this summer, for example, or let's say the 12 or 13 that we brought in over the last eight months, uh, how many are going to contribute. But I think you're already seeing, you're already seeing the caliber of the players that we're bringing in. Now they all have to play together. We have to be more effective on the pitch. You know, you, you can have uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, but, you know, 
by himself he, he can't do anything we, we you know you need to have a you have you need to have a, a team that that's working together and and um and doing all the the right things so he's available by the way work that needs to happen what's that he's available by the way so. i know i know i know so <laughs> let's see if we can maybe get him but you know he's disruptive because starting around is a disruptive player you you bring him in everybody else goes down you, you don't score as many goals. The focus is on him. He's not necessarily the right kind of, if you're building a, a squad, he's a superstar and he's fantastic. But, you know, the performance, if you look at the performance of Juventus and you look at the performance of, of uh, Manchester United since he arrived, it's declining. And the reason is he, everybody gives him the ball. He's, he's you go there, and the rest of the squad kind of does not deliver. I don't think we we want to we want to do that. Although if we could get him, we might want to do that. <laughs> so, hey, Ron, you quoted that the sort of playing budgets up forty percent. Um, sort of every every part of the club has improved in the last twelve months and the last three years under your tenure. But twelve months ago, we'd just come off the COVID season. Um, with I think our second best points tally cup finals sitting in Europe, Europe and our manager at the time highlighted two key positions that we needed to improve on. 12 months later, we're just being knocked out of the League Cup group stages with arguably the same positions needing to be filled. Um, from a supporter's point of view... Wait, wait, which, which, position, which positions are those? I believe Jack Ross highlighted centre-back centre and striker. Um, I think it's obvious that we need a centre-back because obviously the conversations have been that Rocky needs a lot of development um, and Kyle McClelland has been signed for the development team, leaving yeah. us with only Ryan Portress and Paul Hanlon and ultimately, obviously, we have signed a few centre-forwards this, this window, but I think some people might say they would like a little bit more tried and tested potentially in that area. Um, but I'm just curious to where... Well, do you think Aidan McGeady up front is not a tried and tested? I, I mean, I agree that. with you. I agree on centre-half. We're working on that. Just to give you a heads up, we're working on that. So not no no disagreement there. We've had several interesting candidates, and I think uh, we're we're hopefully closing in on 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 an acquisition at center half. Um, at forward, I think we've we've really yeah losing Martin. That well, that was a bit a bit of a hit to be honest with you because our, he was our best player. He was our speed. He created opportunities. He scored goals. You know, losing him, he's not an easy guy to replace. Um, but we have made an investment at the top of the pitch, uh, which I think I'm excited about. Um, but, you know, once we get Kevin back and we have Bojang and we have Eli, um, and then um, and then you have Shair, who's going to be good. Um, Dimitri can also play up top. Uh, Aiden McGeady. You have um, I think there's some good players. Ewan Henderson as a, a creative player in the middle. Good. You know, one player that we're missing that I am hopeful. Knock on wood, uh, we 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 get through. Is Kyle McGinnis? You know, he's he's just. We're gonna we're gonna try again. He's you know his recovery has just been a little, a, unfortunately, a little bit stop and start. So I'm I'm hopeful that we'll, because you know when he's on, he's a very very good player, uh, but he hasn't been on for ten months or so. Just, just to, in September. Just just to uh, sorry follow up on that. I am. Um, Lee Johnson spoke to us about sort of four eight eight four, 
and the sort of way he would like the squad to be formatted in ages. Uh, forgive me, I can't remember the exact breakdown. Yes, yes, yes. But I believe in that sort of prime category, as far as I'm aware. I can only think of maybe two players that fall into that just now. We seem to have a few players in the top end, like David Marshall, Wade, and McGeady, Lewis Stevenson, that are maybe pulling the average age of the squad up that might actually hide it's quite a young squad. And we've seen in January that, albeit there is probably quality in the players like Melkerson um, and the guys that we've signed this summer, they can take time to adapt. And the yep. first league game of the season's next okay. week. The first Edinburgh derby is the week after that. Like, I, personally, and I can't say I'm speaking for the full fan base, it's a little bit of a worry that I don't think Hibs are in a position where we can afford a slow start to the season and we have had a slow start to the League Cup. We're already out of one of the two competitions we can realistically win. No, no, I agree. I mean, you know, and I'm not happy, to be honest with you, I, I had a major, major, like, I guess just a... I mean, I think the league putting the derby at the beginning of this for a variety of reasons. Number one, obviously, we're doing construction. We're going to get the stadium, for the, the West End completed on Wednesday or Thursday of the Sunday before, you know, uh, before Hearts. And they knew that. And they scheduled the biggest game of the year. And then, I mean, honestly, who schedules a derby as the opening day? You would never put Celtic Rangers. You would never put Man City and Man United as your opening day. That it just makes zero business sense. It doesn't do it. It kills your season ticket. It's just like, who does that? So I already had this conversation with the league. I just find it absurd. But in any event, that is our reality because once it's published, it's published. And yeah, we have a, a big game. And I agree with you. Yeah, it puts us in a in a difficult position where, where we need to we need to be ready to play those big matches. And not only do we have hearts, we got Rangers after that at home. This is this is not, you know, I, again, I think the scheduling is really, really po- poorly planned on a on multiple fronts. I was like shocked. I was very disappointed at the league, to be honest with you, because you would never do that. Yeah, you would never put you, you know, opening day is by default a high attendance day. We get 2,000, 3,000, 3,500 people that walk up because it's opening day and it's a beautiful sunny day and it's a high attendance day. And instead of having two high attendance day with the Derby and opening day, you collapse them into one and you just killed 4,000, 5,000, you know, attendance uh, that you're not going to get. It's just just foolish. That's our reality. That's our reality. And on the football pitch, I agree with you. We have a challenge. We need to be ready to play. Do you, do you feel the squad in its current form would be ready for these games in the first in the first I, month? I, I hope so. I hope so. I, I think Lee, you know, I think Lee is going to have to rethink and reset. Again, again, I don't want to make excuses, but, you know, he hasn't really had a chance to work with his full squad. Half the people haven't had their permits. Yuan uh, is getting his permit in Paris today, I think, or tomorrow. Hopefully he'll be able to play a little bit in Norwich um, on Sunday. Um, Jair just got his papers and he, you know, he, he had a little bit of game time yesterday. Um, you know, we've had injuries with Paul Hanlon. You know, we, we miss him. I mean, he's a steady Eddie. Um, you know, Dimitri Mitchell has not been there. He starts training on Tuesday as well. So hopefully, you know, we, we have, we've had some adjustment and then, and we have a lot of players that are new. So it's this, you, they all have to gel and this is not, it, you know, it takes time to get, to get everything kind of flowing the way you want it. I am hopeful. I mean, I definitely, from a talent perspective, I feel good. Uh, are we going to be able to deliver 
we're going to have to work hard. It's not going to be easy, as we know. A Hearts game is never an easy game. A Rangers game is never an easy game. So, you know, it's uh, would I have preferred to have those games later in the season? Yes. But, but you know, it is what it is. So we got to face the music. Uh, Ron, I'll um, try and phrase this question uh, appropriately. So I, I have a sort of running argument with one guy on Hibs.net who um, ha has a view uh, and expresses it frequently that um, the board, so yourself and those running the club, are only interested in signing young players, but your projects with a, a resale value, that it's uh, an attempt to um, penny pinch, I suppose. It will be cheap cheap prospects that would, would buy or loan deals um, rather than investing in tried and tested and proven players. What would you say to that person? And uh, would you give us an idea of how much the, the, the spend has been this, this summer? Well, I, I mean, you know, we've spent a significant amount of money. Um, but, you know, that's part of our strategy is to develop players and to, to go to market with players. Mm -hmm. I'm very proud of what we've done with Josh Doig, for example. You know, we, 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 we placed him in the right club. We were very specific about where we wanted Josh to go. We, we thought he wanted, he wanted to go somewhere and try something new. We were very, we were very in, intentional in, in Italy because we thought this is where he could grow as a defenseman. In Italy, as you know, defense is, is kind of a, they're the maestros at playing structured defense. And, and we thought this would be a great place. And rather than having him end up a hill wall or some, you know, championship club or league one club where he would just be one of many. He's now in a Serie A club uh, representing Scottish football and representing Hibs. And I love that. Um, but it, it is part of our plan. We, we, part of our plan is that every year or two, we need to be generating income to get the pot so that we can make acquisitions, whether it's older or younger players, it doesn't matter. Um, but we need to, we need to be in that part of the business. And uh, to be honest with you, in my homework, uh, when I was looking at Hibs and developing a plan, it's not like I invented this, right? It's, uh, there are many clubs that do this as part of their business strategy. But probably the best conversation I had around this was with Peter Lowe at Celtic, who, who told me specifically that they have certain goals that they set every year in player transfers, because that's part of their business model that essentially fuels their club. And every year you can count on them doing between 15 and $25 million or pounds, sorry, pounds in, uh, in football transactions. And that's, they plug that in. We are not at that level. I get it. But, you know, a million, two million, actually both, both the, um, the Josh Doig and the, um, and the Martin Boyle, which, you know, we didn't look for that one. You know, that's together. That's a substantial investment uh, that the, or, or a return that the club has to reinvest in football, which is great. And I think th that needs to be part of our, but you know, are we investing only in 18 year olds or 17 year olds? No, no, we're, we're investing wherever. And you'll see the Marjan who's from Croatia is 25 years old. We're bringing, well, I, I can't tell you that one yet because I don't know if that's gonna happen. Um, so yeah, we're, we're trying to find the right balance. It's more about finding the quality um, rather than the age. But I, you know, I, I know exactly what you're saying because it's certainly in our initial meetings with Lee, the whole idea of having a balanced squad, right, between the seasoned players, the players in their prime, and the development players. 
I think is a, is a very valid, valid structure. Um, and we've tried to accommodate that. Perhaps we have a couple of little holes there. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you because there are, and we're looking at perhaps a couple of players who are in their prime. Thank you. The last question for me is what, what is it about the club that's given you sleepless nights at the moment? Losing last night, not making it through the cup. That's what, other than that, I, I love where the club is. I think we've made a lot of progress, but you know, the football just, it's a kick in the gut. I know the fans get, you know, they, they're emotionally invested. I get it, but man, we work very hard. We work very hard to take the club to the next level. And, you know, when you have a performance like last night, it's just a kick in the gut. And, you know, you just, wow. It's a football, is a diff, it's a difficult thing to run a club. I know you guys <laughs> think it's easy. It's not easy. And, um, you know, I, but I, I do feel that we have a, a great team and we're making a lot of progress. I mean, I just think of all the things that we're doing, you know, to, to just, because the club is, it's the football, I know, but it's more than that. Like, for example, relaunching Hibs Kids. You know, Hibs Kids have not been around for years, but how many of you guys were Hibs Kids? They're, I mean, I, I can't tell how many, you know, 35, 40 year olds say, you know, I was a Hibs Kid. That was that was defunct. There was no hips kid. Uh, we've revived that this year. The survey was another one. Uh, our corporate partnerships are at another level. Um, then the game day, you you guys will see it. I mean, it's just at a different level. The the whole experience at Easter Road. So we're giving back to our fans. And you know, I, I know that everybody says, "Ah, oh, you don't spend it." I had one guy. I had one guy. This is a curious thing, right? I'll tell you the story because I thought it was kind of amusing for me. I went to Sunnyside to the supporters club right, right down the, right down the street here. And a guy comes up to me and he goes, you know, the ticket prices are too high. We need to lower the ticket prices. I said, we hardly really had not even put the ticket price up and you need to get better players. You need to, I go, wait a minute. Did you ever connect those two thoughts? Cause they kind of go together. So you know, you want what we're trying to do is make the investments in the kinds of things that are going to take our club to the next level. And, um, you know, it doesn't always happen. I mean, I, I've had sort of many, many talks with, for example, Dave Cormack at Aberdeen, you know, they, they, they're not in a good place. Hopefully they'll have a, a good season. Certainly, hopefully not better than ours. Uh, but, you know, in and uh, they, they invest a, a lot of money and they haven't had the the delivery uh, that you know they, they were they were hoping for, uh, but but generally speaking, the point that I'm trying to make is the clubs that have the most resources generally are able to field consistently competitive teams, and that's what we want to do. Thank you. Can I go next? Sorry, guys, I don't know who's actually meant to be next, but um, just on that, Ron, on a scale of one to ten. I think we've mentioned before, I think you've mentioned before about becoming the third best or biggest team in the country. So on a scale of one to 10, where are we on that, on that journey? We're making progress. So I, I, I look at it in a couple of ways, right? So probably the, the number one is turnover. Um, that would be obviously at the end of the day, our operating budget. Um, so we've made progress. Unfortunately, as, as we've discussed before, you know, okay, we had COVID. So, that was two steps back because the year that COVID broke out, which was 20, that was a boom. And 21 was not, not, not much better from a revenue perspective. So I, you know, we took a haircut that the club took some significant losses. Um, now, 
Since then, we've made some improvements. Again, I'm going back to the kinds of things that, that we were talking about uh, in terms of corporate partnerships and things like that. So we're growing our top line uh, and, and doing better with that. Um, you know, curiously, yeah, which I'm very happy about and, and, and proud of, you know, for example, our, our hospitality is sold very, very well. Um, so I'm excited about that because that that's, again, revenue that's going to go back to the club. But we're, we're making progress. At the end of the day, we want to build a club, uh, not just a team. We want to build a club. And, um, and so we're making some progress there. Are we, it's going to be tough to catch, catch hearts this year. It's going to be tough to catch Aberdeen as well, I think. Um, but we, we're going to close the gap with them. I think already we're, we're getting close to them. I, hearts, of course, you know, it's funny, right? This is football. A year ago, they were in the in the championship. Things were awful. It was bad, and here we are, twelve months later. They're playing in Europe. Things are peachy, and uh, it's happy days. But you know, I mean, uh, that's going to be tough to catch up with them because they they do have obviously Europe. You know, are, are not finishing in the top six, not making Europe cost us the same thing as uh, as right now, not finishing in the in the League Cup cost us. So we need to, we need to, yeah, this, this is the part that for me is like, we need to deliver on the football side. Uh, okay. Um, Ron, a couple of times during the call, you've mentioned that you think Hibs have a, a strong team or have had an excellent transfer window. If that's the case, um, in your opinion, where would you expect Hibs to finish in the league this year? Or what would, would be a successful season for Hibs in your eyes? Well, I mean, top four would be a successful season for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's what we're angling for. Um, you know, I'd be happy with top five, but, uh, but you know, certainly at the top of the table. We need to be in the top of the table. Yeah, I, th- I but, think most fans would definitely agree with you. Um, someone else jumping in? Nope. I, mean, I think we're good enough to be at the top of the table. I, I don't mm-hmm. think that we're not, but we need, you know, at the end of the day, we need to deliver. We need yeah. to deliver. So this is, this is the challenge. And I've just got one last question for myself so far. Um, is that you say you say everybody at the the club is working extremely hard, and I think most fans would do do believe that. Um, right. And you you refer to a couple of times saying that you want to take Hibs to the next level. We need to get to the next level. Um, what would you say is the next level for Hibs? I think from a sporting perspective, cons- playing in Europe, consistently playing in Europe. I really personally, my goal would be for for Hibs to be in the group stage of one of the European competitions. You know, let's start with the conference, but if we could grow to go into the Europa League, that would be fantastic, but we're not there yet. But being in Europe would be, I think, the next level for us. Having a sustainable club that is doing, is not only a great corporate citizen, but provides a unique and and special experience for our fans. Um, And just, you know, just kind of doing the kinds of things that top clubs do. And I, you know, I, I look at the kinds of things that we're doing uh, from a comms perspective, from a fan engagement perspective, uh, from a, now with the youth, you know, having Joel, we just brought Joel into the team uh, to help do the whole youth outreach. Uh, I think that's great because that wasn't, that's the, the future of the club. So having all these different building blocks that help our club, having an academy that is really top notch, uh, that's important for us. Um, so, you know, there are many things we can do to improve. Have we, have we improved a lot in the last three years? I think so. And we had COVID in the middle. So that 
kind of killed our momentum a little bit. Uh, but I'm very happy with the progress other than, you know, what happened last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but other than that, you know, the, the, the club, I think, is generally headed in the right direction. And, it, you know, a, a point to make, when you have a, a transition like we've had and you know, new ownership and a new vision set for the club, yeah, you don't click your heels three times and everything happens. I, I, I wish it were that easy. Um, you know, it, it takes time and you, you, you make mistakes and you, and you learn. Um, but, but I think our vision is a, is a really good one. And many of the things I look at the, at the plan that I laid out in the AGM three years ago, and I would say that 80, 85% of what's on the plan is either being done or has been done. We have some other big items like, you know, that, that we need to, continue to work on uh but we're moving in the right direction and it's a process it's going to take us some time to get there but i but i think we're we're making progress that that's very tangible to me and i hope it's tangible to the supporters to be honest with you you know i i know again we're you know we can do many many good things but you lose a game and that's really a lot of everybody cares about and um and, mm-hmm. it, it, and it's a shame but you know it, it's uh Good progress, very tangible progress, as far as I can tell. Okay. Uh, Ron, there's a a growing but very vocal element of the sort of hardcore support who are feeling increasingly disconnected to the football club, not just as a result of results on the pitch. What are uh, your executive doing about addressing some of those feelings of disconnection? Who is disconnected to the club? Um, I think there's there's a very growing vocal group of, of supporters who are match going fans who are expressing kind of disappointment at certain elements of the how the club's being run, but also you know results on the pitch not being good enough and, and style of football as well. Well, have they seen the style of football that we're playing? We just started a whole new style of football. So, who who are these people? Because I, I, I I'm, as you know I I'll meet with any of them. I'll talk to all of them, and I you know we just had a survey we. I don't think that's ever been, I know that's never been done by the club before. We had 10,000 respondents who gave their opinion about, you know, a hundred different things about the club. So we're listening to supporters. We're very much engaged with supporters. So I don't know who, I mean, there may be some that are unhappy, but you know, what I've discovered in football is there's always going to be some that are unhappy. You're never, that's just part of the part for the course, but are we not listening to fans? Are we not, who are, what are we doing that specifically what you know, I get the results. Cause I agree with them. I, I share their concern, but what part of these really good fans think that the club's not, not doing something because I, I, I would beg to differ with them other than that, the results, which I agree with them. Yeah. No, is that not necessarily reflected in season ticket sales for the season on the standard down from previous years? Yeah, we're down by 400,000. We just had a lousy season. We just had a lousy season. Is it good enough? No, it's not good enough. I agree. But on the other hand, uh, hospitality, the, the most, you know, the top, the Emerald Club sold out. The uh, Albion Club sold out. Our hospitality already has four times, no, sorry, three times, more people signed up for hospitality. So those supporters are stepping up to support the club. What, so, was, it, sorry, what was the 400,000 figure that you mentioned there, Ron? Sorry. What are you talking about? On the season tickets. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry. 400. 
that's my, my bad. Do four hundred thousand, we'd be we'd be doing great. <laughs> sorry, yeah, yeah. Sorry, four hundred. So we're we're short four hundred from our goal. Um, yeah, yes, it's disappointing, and I get it because you know nobody was happy with last season. I wasn't happy myself. Now you know I hope supporters. To me, you know, on a rainy day, I hope they show up too. It's you know, I I hope our supporters begin to get behind the club on the good days and the bad days. That's the only way we're going to build a club. They, we need the supporters to, to get behind the club. And, um, you know, so I hope that they're committed to the club and they support the club, which, you know, to be honest with you, the vast majority of supporters, they bleed green and white. This is their club. And, you know, they've been through a lot. I mean, you know, part of the, I guess, to some degree for me, the challenge of Hibs, and it's a it's a cultural one. Um, you know, I think supporters have been disappointed a lot over the years. They've been disappointed a lot. So when you have a moment of glory like you did with the cup, it's engraved in your heart, in your mind for life. Because it's, you know, we've had a lot of disappointments. I'm trying to change that, or I hope to change that so that we all have disappointments because that's sports. But you know that we're playing and competing and being a club that operates at a different level, and you know there may be some cynicism with supporters who are, you know, the club, blah blah blah, and there's a certain negativity. Um, yeah, and I get it. I get it because you know we've, you know, things like uh, I don't. I don't even want to use the word, so I won't use the word. But you know, I I just don't. I, I want the club to have a different mindset. And we, we have to have a winning mindset and we have to have a excellence in everything that we do. That should be our mindset. And I think, you know, to be honest with you, we're, we're trying to get there. But again, it's a process. Final question then, please, guys. You guys are putting me through the ringer. Uh, just um, just a, a clarifying question, Ben, Ron. Uh, I just wondered, is football performance and results, is that the primary key performance indicator to you? And if it's not, I'd be interested to know what is. It is the, I think it's the primary indicator because for us to achieve the goals that we have as a business, as a club, we can't get there without success on the pitch. As I just mentioned to you, not finishing in the top six, big haircut, kick in the gut, not good. Not being in Europe, that that affects our ability to invest. So unless we get success on the pitch, we're not going to be the club that we want to be. So ultimately, we we need to get the performance on the pitch correct. We need to do all the other things right. You know, again, I, I, I don't want us just to be, we need to get everything that the club does to operate at a different level. But ultimately, for us to be the club we want to be, we need success on the pitch. It, otherwise, we're not going to get there, which is not where there's going to be an inability for us to achieve both from an operational perspective, a financial perspective, a growth perspective, a brand perspective. We're not going to do that. And so we need we need the results. Thanks. Ron. Is that good? Oh, Did yes, I say anything thanks. I shouldn't have said? <laughs> oh, probably. Probably. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, you guys both. Yeah. But give it the right spin, huh? Be nice. <laughs> no, thank you very much for your time, Ron. And, uh, uh, thank you guys very much. I appreciate all the support and uh, and your engagement and uh, the passion that you have for the club. It's uh, it's greatly appreciated and it rubs off on me. So it's great. Thank you very thank you. much.
Thanks, Thank Sean. you. Thanks, Sean. Bye-bye. Thank you, guys.